Hello, I am Deanne Jules, Deputy Director of the International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants, and I'm here with Dr. Stavros Tamadake, Chairman of the Board. We are joined by Mr. Richard Fleck, Chair of the Non-Assurances Service Task Force, Mr. Ian McPhee, Chair of the Fees Task Force, Ms. Patricia Mulvaney, Trish, Chair of the Technology Working Group, Ms. Sylvie Sillier, ASBA Member Liaison to the, um, to the International Auditing and Assurance Standards Board, IASB. We are here to share some of the highlights from the IASBA's four-day meeting, which was held in New York City this week, December 3rd to 6th, 2019. Stavros, may I please invite you to share your reflections from this week's meeting with our listeners. Thank you, Diane. This was a final meeting of the year, and I should say it was the crowning meeting of the year, because we made several decisive steps in the implementation of our strategic strategy and work plan. And um, these decisive steps have really taken us forward on several of our path-breaking projects. Let me start off now by saying that uh, we approved during the meeting three exposure drafts, one on NAS, non-audit services, one on fees, and one on the objectivity of the quality reviewer. You will hear more about these from my colleagues who will speak uh, after me. But all three of them have been great steps of progress along the way of renewing important parts of the code and expanding the coverage of our standards. We have also decided to form two new task forces, one uh, on uh, the uh, implications of technology for specific revisions to the code that need to come about. Uh, this is one of the outcomes of the report of a technology working group that we have had and which will, you will hear more about from my colleague Trish, who will speak uh, in a few minutes. The other was uh, a new task force on essentially a, a project that has to do with coordination with the uh, IAASB. We are moving in the direction of uh, working on a new project that's going to have to do with group audits in connection with International Standard of Audit 220 and International Standard of Audit 600. And this is a very important portion of our alignment work with the IWSP. I will not enumerate uh, many other things. We did discuss other things except two more items that don't have to do directly with standards. We had an important discussion on our collaboration with the International Federation of Accountants, IFAC, on the question of adoption and implementation of the code and support that can come from EFAC and its members uh, in this effort. So that was an important thing. And we also had a discussion uh, which was introduced by our Emerging uh, Issues Committee about uh, reports from regulatory bodies such as EFER and the um, Financial Reporting Council of the UK, 
and which were reporting on findings on issues of independence, for example. Uh, these are items of great interest to our board, and they constitute a part of the empirical evidence we look at in order to go forward with our work in international standard setting. So this was uh, a very good meeting, the last meeting of the year, and let me close by giving our listeners my best wishes for the upcoming holidays and the new year. Thank you. Thank you very much, Stavros. Richard, please share with our listeners key takeaways from the IESBA session on non-assurance services. Uh, thank you, Diane. Well, this meeting was uh, a landmark meeting for IESBA because we had the opportunity to consider and improve exposure draft texts on non-assurance services. This is a project that originated uh, some years ago. We had a year during which we did exploratory work and conducted round tables around the world. We've had a, a period of time developing then the text and it was brought to the December meeting. And I'm delighted to say that it was reproved unanimously by the board. The text has followed substantially the direction of travel that was uh, before the board at previous meetings and the amendments were more to refine the drafting rather than to change the direction of travel. The intention is to publish the exposure draft in January 2020 with as long a uh, exposure period as we can manage consistent with the timetabling of meetings and we expect to have a, re a reply date, an end date for replies in the beginning of May. That will give an exposure period of about 105 to 110 days. That will also enable us then to report to the June meeting uh, with a, a good appreciation of the responses that we've got to the exposure draft. During the period that it's under exposure, we will conduct webinars to give people an opportunity to uh, understand the conceptual approach that we've taken and address some of the issues that people might be interested in. So, as I say, a landmark moment for a major project, and I think everyone concerned is hugely pleased that we've reached this moment. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, Richard. Ian, please share with our listeners key takeaways from the IESBA session on fees. Uh, thanks, Diane. The board has agreed at its meeting, just completed, in fact, to issue an exposure draft on the fees project. The exposure draft addresses the independence issues that arise in circumstances where fees are paid to the audit firms by the audit client. It's important to acknowledge up front, though, that uh, the proposals recognise that de determining the level of fees for an audit client is a business decision of the firm taking into account the facts and circumstances relevant to the specific engagement, including the requirements of professional standards. Uh, the other point to make is that the proposals build on the existing requirements of the international independence standards, but include a number of proposed new requirements. Uh, without going through all of those, I guess I, the point I would want to make is that the provision of greater transparency of fee information to those charged with governance and the public 
is an important consideration in these new requirements. So it is proposed that the, there be enhanced communications with those charged with governance to provide a basis for meaningful discussion with those charged with governance about fee-related information to assist them in assessing the independence of the audit firm. The other thing that I mentioned earlier is the importance of promoting the public disclosure of fee-related information and uh, that is included in the suite of new proposals. This project is actually a very important one for the profession at this time and the board in agreeing to the exposure draft has emphasised the importance of seeking a broad range of comments on the proposed changes so that the board has the benefit of a wide range of feedback to inform its subsequent decisions on the actual code changes themselves. Thanks, Diane. Thank you, Ian. And as far as timing, when would we expect to see the exposure draft in the marketplace? Uh, at this stage, the intention is to see an exposure draft in early in the new year with a 90-day period for comment so that the board can reconsider the, um, the matters arising in its meeting mid-year 2020. Thanks for that update. Trish, congratulations on finalising the Technology Working Group's report. Can you please share a high-level summary and the IESBA's reactions? Also, could you give us a sense of what next to expect? Certainly, Dion. Um, as you mentioned, um, I'm very pleased to report that we've completed phase one of IESBA's technology initiative. As a quick reminder, our focus was um, on gathering information and performing an analysis of the impact of technology on the ethical behavior of professional accountants. Under this phase, we focused our information gathering on artificial intelligence and the related areas of big data and data analytics. We spoke to a wide array of stakeholders, and in so doing, we analyzed uh, with their input the sufficiency of the code in addressing the relevant ethics issues and whether the IASBA should consider any revisions to our code. While the analysis did not identify any technology-related issues for which the code does not currently provide high-level principle-based guidance, we did feel that the IESBA should establish a project and related task force to consider a number of potential revisions to the code that aim to modernize the language and contextual relevance of certain sections of the code and thereby support its effective application. These recommendations were discussed fully with the board and broadly are, are across five topical areas. One being building trust in the critical role of ethics and professional judgment. Another being the complexity of the professional environment in which PAs operate. The next one being the suitability of the fundamental principles for the digital age. Also, we had a recommendation in the area of enabling competencies and skills. And lastly, auditor independence. We had several recommendations um, in that area. To just give a flavor, because we do expect to publish um, our final report in the not too distant future, let me just mention a couple of the particular recommendations. One has to do with considering revisions to the professional competence and due care fundamental principle, 
or consider in some other area of the code whether addressing the importance and the role of transparency in an age of heightened public expectations of professional accountants and others to be clear in what they are doing and what they are delivering. We also have recommended that uh, consideration be given to updating the confidentiality subsection of our code in light of the increased availability and use of personal and other sensitive data and to give appropriate consideration to privacy-related matters and the active protection of information, which we don't cover quite so fulsomely in our current code. Lastly, in the area of auditor independence, we have uh, identified a few areas where the provisions in Part 4A of the code could be strengthened, one being in the area of business relationships, given the evolving nature and multiple parties that participate in professional activities of PAs. And another very important one being in Section 606 of the code, which is part of the non-assurance services section of the code, particularly relating to technology-related NAS services. We also set out um, several recommendations for the development of non-authoritative guidance material, which will be picked up in the post-phase one area in collaboration with IFAC. And with that, I'll not give you all of our recommendations in hopes that uh, you'll look for our final report and read through it. Thank you very much, Josh. And maybe one last question. When do we anticipate getting this report in the marketplace? I think uh, within the first quarter of this year, uh, coming up 2020, you will see something out. Thank you again. And um, lastly, Sylvie, please share for our listeners key takeaways from the IESBA IAASB coordination session. We had a productive board meeting addressing a number of ISBA, IWSB coordination related projects. We discussed various topics as uh, individual IWSB, ISBA work stream has been progressing in the last quarter. One of the key achievements of our meeting relates to the quality management package from the IWSB to support the development of the ISQM2 standard. IESBA unanimously approved first a project proposal and then an exposure draft to address the objectivity of an engagement quality reviewer by including new application material in section 120 of the code. The ISBA aims to release the approved exposure draft by the end of January 2020 for a 45-day consultation period, as our draft already considered comments received by the IWSB on their ISQCM2 exposure draft. This will allow us to facilitate aligning as close as possible to the proposed IWSB timeline in their approving of the ISQM2 standard. I encourage all our stakeholders to provide our board with comments on the proposed enhancements to Section 120. Another key takeaway is the decision to start a new ISBA project on the independence of component auditors related to both the proposed revised definition of engagement team in ISA 220 and the ISA 600 project on group audits. Those are very good examples and milestones achieved in which both boards are responding to stakeholders' needs for the two boards to collaborate as closely and yet independently 
on matters which are interrelated. Thank you very much, Sylvie. And thank you very much, Stavros. Richard, Ian and Trish, at this time, Stavros, I'd like to invite you for, to give any closing thoughts to our listeners. Well, the one closing thought I had is that with the fourth meeting of the year going so well, I think we have a very tangible evidence that we are keeping up our dynamism for our work in the following year. Uh, we have some renewal in our membership as we go into 2020, and we have some renewal in our objects of work, in our topics for work. So, uh, as I said, the whole board, and I myself personally, and the staff, look forward to the next year with renewed optimism about our tasks. Thank you all very much, and again, best wishes. Wonderful. The next IESBA meeting will be held on March 16th through 18th, 2020, in New York. The IESBA meetings are always open to the public, and we encourage those interested in observing our meetings to register as an observer on our website. To do so, please visit www.ethicsboard.org forward slash meetings. While on the IASB's website, you can also find more information about the IESBA, including its current projects and initiatives. The IESBA records a podcast summary like this one after each of our meetings. You can subscribe to our podcast channel in iTunes by searching IFAC, I-F-A-C, Accountancy Podcast, in the Apple's iTunes store. You can also follow us on Twitter at ethics underscore dot board. Thank you very much for listening and happy holidays to each of you.